Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Horns Up Talking Texas podcast. Fisher Disopolis, DJ, Nikki Snacks, Kreider. The AP coaches poll is out, gentlemen. Not the real AP poll, but the coaches poll. I know we all go by the AP poll, and then we go by the CFP rankings uh, come later in the season, but the coaches poll is out. Georgia, one. Michigan, two. Alabama, three. Ohio State, four. Georgia received 61 votes. Bama, four. Ohio State, one. Michigan did not receive any first-place votes. LSC, five. USC, six. Penn State, seven. Florida State, eight. The Clemson Tigers, nine. The Tennessee Volunteers, 10. Washington Huskies, 11. Our Texas Longhorns come in at number 12. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish at 13. Utah, 14. Oregon, 15. TCU, 16. Kansas State and Oregon State, 17 and 18, respectively. Oklahoma, 19. The North Carolina Tar Heels by former Texas head coach Mac Brown. They come in at 20. Luke Fickle and the Washington ba- uh, the Wisconsin Badgers come in at 21. Ole Miss, 22. Tulane, 23. The Texas Tech Raiders, 24. And the AM Aggies round out the top 25 at number 25 good omen for the texas longhorns being at number 12 as i recall there was a good number 12 that played in the burn orange and white that has his number retired so i like that looking for omens we love we love a good omen search and we found one uh right in front of our noses number 12 i think it's a really good spot for us i mean look washington beat us in the bowl game last year i know we didn't have Bijan. i know we didn't have roshan a couple other guys but there they returned their quarterback they put him ahead of us um some surprising ones uh for me to jump out at least i know penn state is good and i know they're going to be competitive and i know they have a shot to win the big 10 i do think though that then it could be some of the pac-12 anti-bias i think these washington this washington team this utah team and this oregon team are going to be really competitive and can be really dangerous and they all return their quarterbacks from last year so those are three teams i'm keeping my eye on uh to potentially make some big jumps into the top 10 yeah i I think that's a a fair assessment i really think florida state's gonna be a good team this year Mm. um you know if they can you know have a clean slate in the acc and you know maybe lose one game to Clemson, but beat them in the conference championship game, then they can find their way maybe into the college football playoff. Man, I think this is a really talented roster and, you know, something that this, this uh, program has been waiting to get back to since the Jameis Winston days when they won the national championship. And that was what, 10 years ago. I mean, by and large, it's not, it's not that long compared to some teams compared to our guy, but you know, at the end of the day, it's still quite a drought. Um, TCU, I mean, I think they're getting respect just because they were in the uh, championship last year. Obviously, they got embarrassed by Georgia, but, you know, they're losing a lot of guys. So they're starting quarterback, their top receivers, um, a lot of guys on defense as well, graduating, some guys going to the league. So I think this is just kind of like, you know, putting some respect on their name. However, I don't really think TCU is going to stay in the top 25 throughout the season. And I think OU is a little overrated too. I think they're going to suck, honestly. Mm. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's it's uh, 11-21 here in Los Angeles right now, and they still suck. So there you go, Toss. Yeah, I uh, I like our ranking. I think I've looked at a lot of preseason AP um, just ranking and in, in polls, and apparently 
Um, you know, we might even see our Longhorns bump up one spot into the 11 as opposed to the 12. Uh, seventh straight year in a row that we've been in the top 25 in the coaches, coaches poll. Um, so, you know, appreciate the respect that our university continues to receive. This is the highest we've been since 2019, where we were ranked 10th in the coaches poll. Um, and it feels deserved, right? We have eight returning starters on offense, six on defense. So we know we have the talent and uh, we're getting that acknowledgement from the rest of college football, uh, especially from the coaches, which I think is very, very meaningful and matters. Um, those guys are the guys that see all the players up front. They see them up close and personal. They see, they know what those guys can do. They know the talent. A lot of them have recruited a lot of the guys that end up on our team. Um, I think interestingly, Nick pointed out the, you know, our, our number 12, Colt McCoy, he was a Davey O'Brien winner. So was Vince Young. Uh, Quinn Ewers is on the, the preseason watch list for the Davey O'Brien award. Those are the only two Texas Longhorn quarterbacks who have won that award. Mm-hmm. Um, that would obviously be a tremendous accomplishment for Quinn Ewers to win that award, but it just goes to show what is possible for this team and for him as an individual. So I, I like the hype. Um, and I, you know, I expect now we kind of utilize the hype and turn it into, you know, a, a, into our process and then get the results that we all want. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I know we spoke about Quinn on our last show, but to do a deeper dive on him, if he's going to win that D.A.V. O'Brien or at least be in contention for it with some of the top quarterbacks, and there are some really good ones in college football. Uh, LSU's got one. Obviously, Caleb Williams was, was pretty superb last year winning the Heisman Trophy. Uh, McCarthy should take a step up for Michigan, and then all the US, the other Pac-12 guys I mentioned um, are, are also on that list and or in the mix. Uh, I think, though, for Quinn, really just kind of highlighting his stats, if you go to this Texas team in the games that we lost, so we had the one loss, when we lost to TCU and on, on Saturday the 12th, he had his completion percentage was 43.6. If you go to Oklahoma State and that loss, his completion percentage was 38. So those are the games he played in that we lost. And other than the Alabama game where he got knocked out and completed 75% of his passes. So in those major losses, he really threw himself out and threw the, the team out of the game. And it's really going to come down to him completing the passes, making the right passes. And it's going to be about Sark getting, you know, mixing up the offense and putting him in a position where he's not consistently feeling the need to go long. Um, and that way he'll be able to get his, his name in the mix for the Davey O'Brien trophy, his name in the mix for a first round pick, uh, and if all that's cooking, the Texas Longhorns should be a top 10 team in college football. I would say looking at this list, uh, it's safe. A lot of blue bloods in there. Uh, I don't think anybody really knows what to make of this college football season. Georgia's turnover after back-to-back national championships. Uh, I don't think it's going to be too much for them to overcome, but it, to be to do a three-peat for the first time ever, it, it's going to take a lot, at least in the AP poll era. It's going to take a lot. Bam has got quarterback questions. Um Ohio State, Penn State, they have new quarterbacks coming in. Um, obviously, they did it with Alabama. And there's other teams. Ole Miss's quarterback questions. There's a new quarterback. I know we're all excited about his arm talent in Tennessee, but there's a new quarterback over there as well. Um, our, our guy, Hendon Hooker, has gone. So, it really, who's got the consistency over there? Who's returning as many guys? We always see that, that really helps in college football. Um, I would say, though, my hot take, I think this is the year we see a two-loss team head to the playoffs. Wow. Well, I, yeah, I just think there's a lot. I just think there's a lot of tough games that teams play. Like if you go to just kind of going through the schedules of the top five teams, right? Like obviously we all expect Georgia to replenish and be just as good as they were last year. 
needless to say, though, they close one of their last two games is at Tennessee. It's a really tough game. They're at Auburn. That ain't no easy game. They could easily they could lose the SEC championship, and that's just you know the two games I could see them personally losing. Michigan, they play Ohio State. That could be a loss right there. They're at Penn State, at Michigan State, at Minnesota. Those are not easy games either. And then you go to Alabama, who might be a little you know this is the coaches poll, and it might be a little Nick Saban bias, uh, like we've you know discussed. And they have us. Great. If they get past us, it's fine. But, you know, then, then they're at – they have Tennessee, they have Arkansas. They're at A&M and at Mississippi State back-to-back weeks. Um, and they also have Ole Miss in the schedule. And if they if we beat them, then that's already one loss and it's already one blemish on their schedule. Ohio State's probably in the same boat. They're at Michigan. They're at Wisconsin. They're at Notre Dame. Like, this is – it's not an easy schedule by any stretch of the imagination. Florida State and LSU play each other. All the whole Pac-12 cannibalizes itself on a consistent basis. I think the Big Ten, I think I think Wisconsin and Penn State are going to either make it the playoff or play heavy spoilers this year. They're going to be competitive teams. And in the SEC, you know, Tennessee, it, it could be a, they could be in a position where they play spoiler for teams and or make it themselves. But USC could have two losses. LSU schedule, if you go to their schedule, they open versus Florida State. On the road, they have to go to Ole Miss. They have to go to Bama. They have A and M to close out the season, which is always a crazy game. Like yeah. that—that's maybe in the easiest of the SEC schedules I've listed, but it's still pretty, pretty freaking tough. And then Notre Dame, which you know typically has a cupcake schedule: Ohio State, USC, Pitt, at Clemson. No longer a cupcake schedule. Like they play real teams, so it's going to be interesting. I'm with you. I think to me, I'm really interested to see where the AP poll ends up, especially from rankings 15 through 25. Cause I think that's where you'll see the most variety. Um, and just for our Texas Longhorns, like we're not looking ahead at anybody within our own conference, right? The coaches have deemed us the best team in the big 12. And I think in regards to the games that we play throughout the seasons, the wins that we accumulate and how the college football committee looks at us, I think this is a good indication that, uh, we control our destiny, but we also very much have to take care of business. If you're looking at all the other Big 12 teams being between 15 and 25, and maybe some of them get bumped out when we when we see the final AP poll, um, it means that our wins are not going to mean as much as LSU beating Alabama or Alabama beating LSU, right? And or, or USC beating Notre Dame. So we have to be that much more perfect than than these other teams, in, in my mm-hmm. opinion. That's yeah. kind of what I'm. That's what that's my takeaway, at least for our horns. Like I'm with you, Josh, on all these. I, I think I very much think that that could turn into a two-loss SEC team making the playoff or a two-loss Big Ten team making the playoffs. And I think part of that has to do with um, the kind of narrative around the Big Twelve this year, where we don't have as many heavy hitters up top. There are no top ten teams from the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I go to that. I know you like. Florida State, Nick, and I go to the Clemson and Florida State teams, they're in a similar situation like you're saying, Alex. They kind of control their own destiny or can control their own destiny a little bit here and there too. Florida State has an annoying schedule. Like I don't think it's hard. I just think it's annoying. Like They have to go to Wake. They have to go to Pitt. Like They have to go to Clemson. Like They have to go to Florida. It's not an easy game. Clemson has to go to South Carolina. It's the team that can jump in there. But if I you're think they're a nice of- spoiler team. South Carolina and Ole South Miss and the SEC, both of them. Yeah, like so. My it's like my my whole mo is if we lose to Bama, you can't lose another game because I don't know if the two loss team comes from the Big Twelve this year. I think if we're talking a two loss team heading to the playoff, it's one of the SEC. It's an SEC team. It's a Big Ten team. 
And that's pretty much it. Unless there's like a lot, unless we're talking like, Hey, Tennessee drops three games and they're out. Like, Bama drops three games and they're done. And this disaster over there, Notre Dame doesn't put out like, and they're in trouble. Then we could see a, a two loss PAC 12 team potentially slip in. Like if USC absolutely kicks ass the entire year, drops one game on the road and then loses the PAC 12 championships, but are so dominant and everyone else around him is complete dust. Then the PAC 12, but we could still see a two loss sec team. We could still see uh, a two loss big 10 team. I think getting the season, if they win their conference championship, like if Wisconsin loses, if Wisconsin has two losses, but wins the big 10 and there's other teams with two losses. Like if they beat Michigan or Ohio state in the big 10 championship. That's going to show something. Yeah. So that's, it's kind of like the two cents in the AP poll. But again, I like that. We're not too overhyped. I know people are, I know our odds are great and I know people are just waiting for us to bust through the door and be the team. We all think we can be and, and that we are on paper. But if we were a top five team, I'd be like, this is, it's not fair. That's just a name brand recognition, putting us in the top five. And I think the, and I think at that point, all the media around us would be negative rather than hopeful, which it is, is in my opinion right now. Yeah. I have a question Dude. for you guys. Um, obviously the Texas Longhorns will be leaving the big 12 after this year. Um, the big 12, you know, recent news since the last time we recorded, we'll be picking up Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. Does the Pac-12 potentially disintegrating completely and ceasing to exist at the end of next, it, it, when we get to next summer, does that mean anything for the way that people will look at these teams from a historical standpoint when they're like ranking these teams throughout the year, that this is the last time, of course, like Texas and Oklahoma are leaving the big 12, but the big 12 will continue to exist. And they are doing a good job of replenishing these teams that are coming in. These are good programs. They're not Texas. They're not Oklahoma, but they're solid. And, you know, Arizona, especially in the basketball side of things is a blue blood there. Um, but the pack 12 has now become the pack four, right? Like <laughs> what, does that mean more for a team like USC when we get to, if they win the PAC 12 championship and say they have, they're a two loss team and they're in consideration against a two loss big 12 team. Do you think that gives them some sort of edge or is it more, or is it more to do with the fact that they would have then beaten Oregon or Washington, who is a higher seeded team? I think it's pretty deleterious to be honest. I think it's not going to help them. I don't think it's going to help them that it's the swan song for the PAC 12. I think if anything, it'll hurt them mm. because college football is going to want to promote the conferences that are still going to be around and alive. They're yeah. going to want the sec, the big, the big, like, look, I, I actually just wrote an article about it for the sporting tribune about how much of a joke it was. The PAC 12 was unable to come back from this. Like the Big 12 lost their their breadwinners in Texas and Oklahoma, and we all know that. Like, yeah, we like to say it, but it, it, the, truth, the truth of the matter is the two biggest programs are Texas and Oklahoma. That's why they were selected to go to the SEC. Rather than fold their tent, which they easily could have done, they could have lost all those other teams to the SEC. They could have lost teams to the Mountain West, the Big Ten. Like, they could have – teams could have dispersed. And the ACC, uh, they could have finagled ways. The teams could have dispersed from the Big 12 – they were never going to replace Texas and OU, but they did the very best they could. Like Colorado could be very fun. And there was a point where Colorado was one of the best teams in college football. You brought up Arizona basketball being a blue blood. 
you know, over there in hoops. Like that was all of a sudden, like big 12 hoops is still the best Baylor, Kansas, Arizona. Like that's really good top cream of the crop basketball. Then you have the Utah Utes coming in. They're unbelievably competitive. If you were the PAC 12 and you lost USC and UCLA to the big 10, like, okay, get me San Diego state, get me Utah state for football and basketball. And then from a hoop standpoint, maybe they can't compete football wise, but try to get Gonzaga, try to get New Mexico and at least just for basketball. So you have that amazing PAC 12 basketball potential there. Uh, rather than that, do that. Our biggest, you know, issue with the PAC 12 year in and year out was the televising of their games on Friday nights. No one watched instead of competing with the bigger, you know, the bigger networks and the bigger teams during the day uh, on Saturday, they put the games at night where no one on the East coast is watching USC Stanford at 10 PM. It's an absolute joke. Their, their biggest solution was going to be an Apple TV deal. Go from where no one's really watching your games to a streaming service where people have to pay for it. Like these guys were, it was so dumbfounding. It's honestly, it was one of the most pathetic solutions I've ever heard in my entire life. And it's no surprise. The PAC 12 is now disbanded. And I think ultimately to your point and question, it's going to hurt them. It's not going to help them. They're the, the, the NCAA is not going to want to promote a dying conference. They are going to want the sec in there. They're going to want the sec champ in there. They're going to want the, the big 10 champ in there for sure. And then in the ideal situation, maybe another SEC team or Clemson and Florida State dominate. That way the AACC gets some promotion. And then maybe Texas in the Big 12 swan song, because at least it's a Texas and a major blue blood program gets in there for the Big 12, keeps the momentum for the Big 12 alive heading into next season because they added some teams. I heard a rumor that Stanford and Cal were going to the ACC. The and ACC? I, yeah. I, have to, I have to put my foot down. Like I am not a geography stickler, but I have to put Way my too far. We can't have two – Major California, and maybe not in football anymore or, or hot and cold in football, but in other sports, Stanford and Cal are massive. And we can't have two massive college programs that live in California be in the Atlantic Coast Conference. It makes no sense. I, I will say from the ACC, might as well add, add, add Cambridge. Let's add Cambridge. If you're the ACC, from their perspective, they have to add them though. Because at this point, when I'm making my power ranking of the major conferences, Big 12 has solidified themselves as the number three. It is yes. the SEC, and then is the Big 10, and then is the Big 12. And the ACC are a step behind right now. But if you, you still have State- Clemson and Florida State, which I think are the better football programs, and then you still have UNC and Duke, which I still think are the top basketball pro. You still are like in the mix, though. It's not that. I like- think I think whole, holistically, though, as a conference, I look at the Big 12. And there are more reputable pro- programs all the way through, top yeah. to bottom. Well, one of my and, solutions was adding Stanford and Cal to the Big Ten. Not, there's too many dicks on the dance floor in the Big Ten, and moving Maryland and Rutgers, which I don't think people care about them being there really in the Big Ten. Like the Rutgers are an afterthought, but they could actually flourish a bit more in the ACC. I and mean, Maryland was in the ACC less than 10 years ago. Yeah. Move those teams back to the ACC. I, I do think, from a competition standpoint, Stanford makes the most sense to move to the ACC given what the ACC is, what sports they're best at. They're the best conference for soccer and Stanford has an excellent men's and women's soccer team. They're a very good baseball school and the ACC is a much better baseball conference than the big 10 is like football. They're solid so they can compete there and basketball. They're also solid. So they'll compete there as well. I think it makes a lot of sense for Stanford. I think that there is, an attached like academic prowess as well with the, with the ACC that maybe there isn't with the big 10, um, whether that's valid or not is completely separate. No, of, it's of, valid. 
It's valid, bro. Outside of Michigan, those schools are like kind of party schools. Kind of. Wait, Wisconsin. Wisconsin's, Wisconsin's a good school. Wisconsin's though. a good school. Yeah, I mean they're they're, they're oh, all fine school. schools. They're all fine schools, but they're mainly party schools. I and I feel like Iowa's probably. Good. I don't even know. Anyway, but I, I do want. Who knows? I want to say to your point though. I I'm with you. The academics and the other everything matches as far as like what's on paper aside from the fact that one school is on the pacific coast and the other schools are on the atlantic coast and it's literally called the atlantic coastal conference and coast conference and i just don't understand like do we are, are we just saying like and i hate again i hate to greta thunberg this thing are we just punting the environment like it's over and we're just going to put our carbon. The NCAA is going to have the biggest carbon footprint in the history of mankind and the air traffic control, which was already a disaster you think already. Those additional is, amount of flights yeah. is going to tip the scale. Come on. Could, bro. They could. No. You know how many, you know how many cross country flights there are every single day? Adds, adds people this fly more. From, people fly from LA to New York every day for work. Like, and some people do it multiple times during the week. It, I don't think the travel outside of it being it's not. it's not that big of a deal. It is a big deal for the actual individuals having to go cool. through it. I mean, that's yeah, a it's, lot it's, of a, it. it's a big deal for the kids that have to travel that much. Yeah. I don't sure. really see a way to, to, you know, find a remedy for this. I mean, to be completely honest, like if everyone's jumping ship, there's really slim pickings right now when it comes to the, the schools on the Pacific coast and like what they can do. Yeah. I, I mean, there's the, really no options. Like, like, I mean, I hate to say it, but like we we kind of were the ones that started this revolution, <laughs> Texas and, and OU and, you know, moving to the SEC and then US, USC and UCLA were like, oh, you can do that. OK, we're going to go to the Big Ten. And then the other teams were like, oh, well, maybe we should start moving. And at this point now, it's like we're too far, too far gone. And some of these schools might have to just end up being independent, like Notre Dame or um yeah, I mean, like if, honestly, like if Stanford was independent, I think they'd be better off. Yeah, and really scheduling do. their own games, and scheduling their own games. Potentially, I also, I think we're a little. Yeah, we did start the fire, but we're a little bit different than USC and UCLA. It's like a little more conceivable that Texas and OU are going to the SEC, than USC and UCLA jumping ship to the Big Ten. That was way out of left field. And can they join the Mountain West? Can that happen? I mean. Washington and Oregon State are like, and and they have they've had some good seasons on basketball and football, but they are kind of an afterthought, quite frankly. I I don't know who really cares about them. So can't we just lump them into someone else's conference? Maybe add Stanford and Cal to the Big Twelve. I mean, we already have a million teams over there. Like, make it the Big Twenty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just kind of feels like the remain the Pack Four, the remainders there are going to combine with the Mountain West in some capacity and it will exist and those teams will play each other, but like it will not be a, a power five conference. And that's just no. what it'll look like. Yeah. I mean, those teams clearly like last picks and kickball right now. No one wants them. But I mean, I kind of want the mountain West to be like, nah, we don't want you. We're good. <laughs> no, sad. I mean, mountain West would actually, that would make them the fifth conference though. And that'd be exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's and that'd true. be beneficial for those teams. Um, all right. Well, our, I don't have a lot of, I don't have a lot of sympathy for it. It's like you did it to yourself. No, but Stanford and Cal and Washington State and Oregon State didn't do this. No, I know, I know, I know. I, want, I have sympathy I for them. Yeah, Pac-12, I, I have no sympathy for. They're absolutely pathetic over there. It's sad that some people are some good, some good commentators and hosts are going to lose their jobs. That's sad. It's very sad. I'm with you. Yeah. Well, Horns number twelve, Coach Paul. 
Hopefully, we'll be number one by the end of the season. Hit your, uh, not hit your free throws. Well, he can hit your free throws if you want. Uh, get your horns up. Horns up, Talking Texas Podcast. Fisher to Southwest DJ, Nikki Snacks, Crowder. We'll see you guys next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.